This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. I'm your host, G Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. You've seen them on ESPN, you've seen them on ABC and Monday Night Football. NFL analyst Lewis Riddick is with the show today. Lewis, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I've been uh I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this. You know, obviously, my connections to Pittsburgh run way back. Yeah. So going to be a lot of fun. Football's kicking off. Great time of year, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a perfect time of year. And you segued into the perfect question for me to start off the show with. Steeler Nation, you, you played three years for University of Pittsburgh right there for the Pitt Panthers. Yeah. How was your experience in the city of Pittsburgh? Well, actually, I played four. Uh, oh, I thought I should, I should have left early. There's no <laughs> question about that. The draft status would have probably been a lot better than it was in in uh, in '91 when I did get drafted. But yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I was uh, I loved everything about Pittsburgh when I went there. Um, my cousin Tim Lewis was a uh, you know first round pick of the Green Bay Packers in 1983. I grew up going to my my very first big time football game, college or pro was i believe 1978 pitt penn state at beaver stadium mm-hmm. you know this is when hugh green ricky jackson um bill moss was a freshman danny marino was a freshman wow julius dawkins jimbo covert i mean it was yeah. just a who's who i mean it was a, it was a <laughs> football team on both sides of the ball so right. that from that early age from seeing pitt play Seeing Jackie Sherrill walk on walk on the sidelines with the yellow blazer, I knew that yeah. I wanted to be a Pitt Panther right right from the get. My dad <laughs> wanted me to go to Penn State, yeah. But I I decided to go to Pittsburgh, and I loved every every second of it. Mike Godfrey was my head coach at the time for three years. Paul Hackett was the coach the last year in '91 yeah. after Mike left. But I loved it. Played with some great players, all Americans, first round draft picks. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Pitt's a lot different now. Mm-hmm. I mean. Campus is a lot different. The facilities are a lot different. The city's a, a lot different. The South yeah. Side wasn't there when right. I was in Pittsburgh. So, right. But we try and get back my family, my wife, and my kids as much as possible. And um, it's one of my favorite places on earth, no question. Nice. And you covered the draft this year for ESPN and ABC. What are your thoughts specifically on the Pittsburgh Steelers draft and how they did? Yeah, you know, What's interesting is that I know everybody wants the Pittsburgh, the Steelers running game to improve. Okay. Everybody wants from the, from ownership on down, they want the running game to improve. Okay. And they want to become a more physical football team. I just don't know if necessarily that starts with the position with which they addressed it with. I mean, with not, not Jesus. I mean, he's a stud. Yeah. He's an absolute stud. There's nothing he can't do. But until they capture the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and are able to impose their will on – and I don't even want to – see, I think impose your will is kind of like a it's, – it's not a very accurate term because in the NFL, you don't ever just impose your will. These are all grown men. They're all pretty damn good. So yeah. I think in, until you become at least competent up front, we just don't know whether or not – Najee's going to give them the return on investment that they necessarily want. So I think just overall from that perspective, if you really just want to focus in on him, look, Friermuth is one of those guys from a tight end perspective who, look, I'll, I'll tell you quite honestly, I was not that high on as a pass receiver. Mm-hmm. I did not view him as someone who 
from a controlling the middle of the field perspective in the past game that I would be that worried about, but he is a tenacious competitive blocker and hopefully that will give them some presence on the edges as far as, you know, the tight end room is concerned. I'm just, I'm just a little bit worried about whether or not they have done enough to really be able to fix some of the issues that they had last year when the offense became a little bit sideways in terms of its balance between right. and, and right. whether or not Mr. Rooney all ultimately is going to be happy with that, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I know Mike is going to put a lot of emphasis into it. Mm-hmm. I know Matt Canada is going to put a lot of emphasis on it. We'll see what it does. So now obviously this whole Steeler offensive line is in flux. It's a completely sure. new offensive line from two years ago. And even now with the surprise uh, retirement of David Castro, it's even thrown mm-hmm. Another monkey wrench into the situation. Um, do you think, from a football scheming perspective, is it easier to have your team and newer offensive linemen line up to block for the run or line up to block for the pass? Well, I think it's always easier for offensive linemen to go forward than backwards. So let's okay. so let's just say that. Like I yep. think when you have a new offensive line, the way to get them kind of comfortable and settled in is to establish the physical aspect of the game and get them up on their toes, not back on their heels and coming off of football yeah. and establishing that, whether that be zone scheme, gap scheme, inside run, outside run, really doesn't make a difference to me. It's really a mindset as far as getting them kind of, you know, conditioned to playing the game the way you want them to play it, which is smash mouth, come off the football, play physical. Yeah. Then obviously getting them on the same page. So they're kind of like, you know, as Joe, as uh, Joe Bugle, the legendary Washington football team offensive line coaches to say like elephants on a string. So they were all, <laughs> they're all just moving together. Yeah. You obviously want to get that kind of chemistry going. Right. Because then I think when it comes to pass protection, obviously that chemistry is very, very important. They're mm-hmm. obviously their athleticism and some of their deficiencies get kind of highlighted in particular in pass pro. But I think it all starts with the run game. I think the run blocking obviously is a lot easier than pass protection given some of the athletes in the NFL. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in, in Pittsburgh's situation because I think that's who they want to be anyway. They want to be a more physical run team. So I think if they get that, you know, as we saw last year, even when you have deficiencies in pass protection, you can kind of mitigate that a little bit with a quick passing game and getting the yeah. ball out of your hands fast. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to have to do that like they had to because Ben was getting hit so much. Yeah. I think you can mitigate it a little bit. They have to be able to run the ball. I think that's where the point of emphasis will be in training camp uh, right from the get-go. Nice. Twitter chiming in here. Lewis is awesome from John Manglis. So thanks very much for uh, checking in. Everybody's uh, super excited for you being on the cast today as well as myself. So thank you very much for sharing your time with Steeler Nation. We we love it. Um, So moving on, I mean – you as an analyst, you got, you got a good read on all of the teams. Um, specifically for the Steelers, though, what do you feel that their biggest need is for this season? I mean, we touched the offensive yeah. line. Yeah, and, and I think, again, I, I think it's, it's going to start there. And mm-hmm. look, I don't, I don't think that we need to – that Pittsburgh needs to come out and be averaging 4.8, something ridiculous, five yards per rush. That's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not. There's just too much uncertainty, I believe, on the offensive line in order for them to wind up becoming that kind of dominant run team. I think Mike put it best last year. They need to be competent Yeah. as far as that's concerned, a credible threat of the run game. So then they can build the passing game off of that. Yeah. So maybe the play action passing game becomes a little bit more of a factor mm-hmm. and everything isn't just, 
11 personnel, three wides and a tight end or, right. you know, or 10 personnel with four wides and Ben's yeah. back there in the gun and he's just trying to throw the ball real quick. Yeah. Where it becomes a little bit more strategic. I think that's one of the things that they, they have to be able to get done some, you know, a, they have to be able to establish a competent run game and we'll see if they can do that. I think yeah. and if they do do that, there's no question that they have perimeter weaponry. They mm-hmm. have plus 20 yard game breakers. Okay. Yeah. Chase can Claypool can do it with the best of them. Deontay can do it with the best of them with yeah. the ball in his hands. One of the best route runners in the NFL period. And I thought that when he yes. came out of school. Agreed. Lodges, Agreed. Exactly. Not yeah. a beast. Yes. I mean, the kid's a flat out <laughs> beast. We saw it all year long in Alabama last year. Yeah. They have the glitz and glamour. Do they have the do they have the beef in the middle to get it done? And then for Ben, it's just about, you know, as much excitement as there is for Ben at the beginning of the year, as far as you know, he comes in, he looks like he's, you know, he's feeling great, his arm mm-hmm. feels good, his body looks fresh, you know, just making sure he can maintain himself all year long by his own doing and by the offensive line keeping him protected and not getting him hit. You just can't get a guy like him hit later on in the year the way maybe he used to be able to take it. So I think that that's going to be important too. Defensively, mm-hmm. look, I mean, I think we all know that, now look, this is a top three defense, scoring defense last year. I think they'll be, I think the expectation is that they'll be in that same area again. Yeah. And I think they're going to need to be. Yeah. Um, look, Melvin Ingram, that addition to go along, to go, to go along with TJ. And then I think a guy like Alex Highsmith, who I think is going to be one of the breakout players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. this year and that's as good of, uh, nice. of a trio rushing the passer as it gets Cam yeah. Hayward's going to be a hall of famer yes <laughs> agreed his, his father's his father was oh, iron head was something college. else to watch oh exactly yeah Devin Bush is a stud he needs to come back healthy Spillane will knock your head off we, you know ask Derrick Henry how that feels to get hit by him <laughs> yeah. um and you've heard what how Mike talks about Minka mm-hmm. and yes. the reverence with which he holds him in which he holds him it's just it's, it's amazing to me that Miami let him get out of there and they couldn't find a way in order to tap into this young man's potential the way Mike has. Yeah. The way this dealer defense is overall. So I think they'll hold up their end. Mm. Special teams needs to make sure they hold up their end as far as establishing good field position, giving short fields to this offense, flipping the field whenever necessary in the return game. Mm-hmm. But the offense for sure up front. As much as we are in a fantasy football driven world, and we want to know, well, how many catches is Deontay going to have? How many right. drops is Deontay going to have? How many <laughs> drops is he not going to have? Yeah. How many big plays is Chase going to make? How many catches is Najee going to have? How many yards is going to run for? Tell me how Chooks plays. Mm. Tell me how Banner plays. That Banner plays yep. exactly. Tell me how those guys do, and I'll tell you how everything else goes. Awesome. Uh, John also wants to know, and I, I also know that, you know, you played secondary in the NFL, you're drafted uh, to play secondary. So you've got a good, probably, a, an, you know, an expert's understanding of the secondary, obviously. Yeah. So John wants to know also on Twitter, what you think about the cornerbacks, especially with the Steelers losing Hilton and Nelson this year, will they be able to hold up with the personnel that they have? Yeah, that's going to be a great question. Look, I think when you have, guys who maybe will have some that you have some questions about especially when you're talking about pure man-to-man coverage Mm -hmm. that at some point in time everybody has to play yeah okay when you're talking third and medium you can't sit back third and medium third and four or less third and five or less you can't sit back and just play pittsburgh's fire zone or play some kind of loose zone coverage where you're trying to protect against the deep ball play it soft 
and expect to get off the field on third down. Mm -hmm. So that's where you may have some concerns. You know, what, what does Joe, what is Joe Hayden at this point in his career? What, yeah. what is he, how is he going to come back and how is he going to look from that perspective? Those are the questions that I would have with them on the edges right now, when it's, it's a, it's a quick strike passing team, the pass rush doesn't have enough time to get there. And these guys have to hold up in man to man coverage. That's, that's where I would have some concerns. We'll see if they can answer those questions early on. Um, yeah, I think that's what we're looking to see is whether or not I, I have my concerns about that. I think, I, mean, I think overall, when you watch Pittsburgh historically, maybe people have knocked the D de- if there was a way in which they would knock the defense, it would be, look, what would this secondary be if it didn't have a great pass rush? No, we'll, we'll find right. out here, but I think they have a, they have a good way. Pittsburgh does of playing great team defense overall mm-hmm. to where they're just so resourceful as far as disguising. Yeah. As far as pass rush is concerned, mm-hmm. being great ball Hawks, very opportunistic as far as jumping the quarterback, getting a right. good beat on the throw that they make up for some of the limitations that they may have as far as having a top flight shut down Jalen Ramsey type of corner. Yeah. Good points. With the Steelers also this year, I mean, they're in a very difficult division. Three playoff teams from last year. Cincinnati's on the rise with Joe Burrow. What is the best that the Steelers can finish in your mind this season? I, I think the best, I mean, still, it, it's they are in contention to win the North. And I think they will yeah. always be in contention to win the North as long as they have competent quarterback play and Mike Tomlin is the head coach and they play right. the way they do. So I think now – Interestingly enough, and I've said this on TV recently, Pittsburgh could finish anywhere. Like it's almost like it almost reminds me the North and the AFC reminds me a little bit of the West and the NFC. Pittsburgh could find themselves finishing first. Mm-hmm. Or they could find themselves being in a dogfight to stay out of the cellar, right? Being last, right? Because I think the team has, I mean, the teams have improved that much. You know, Baltimore is going to be there. They're going to be even better, especially with the weapons that they added on the perimeter. Yeah. And I think they're one of the best coached defenses in the nfl and speaking of secondaries they agreed. have the toughest secondaries in the league agreed yeah humphreys is a monster <laughs> sure. Cleveland, cleveland's going to be there yeah they're going to be there and as much as look as a former brown as much as Steeler nation <laughs> doesn't want to hear that cleveland is legit yeah they're legit and agreed. i think they've hit their stride now and yeah. it's going to be like the battles used to be back when i was battling with the steelers in the early 90s and mid 90s i think yes. that's how it's going to be from now on and Joe Burrow, if you listen to like his personal quarterback coach, um, Jordan Palmer, he believes Joe Burrow is just going to absolutely go off this year mm-hmm. from an accuracy standpoint, efficiency standpoint, um, arm strength standpoint, making throws that you maybe haven't even seen him make yet, even during his time at LSU. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is legit. And we mm-hmm. know T. Higgins has got a lot of abil- ability. And Tyler Boyd, look, that's a pit guy. You, you know Tyler Boyd can play. Yeah. That's a tough, that's a tough division. It is. <laughs> it really is. And then you wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Mike is Mike. Mm-hmm. Ben has won a lot of football games. Cam is really look they're but they're in for a fight, man. Yeah. They're in for a fight. And as much as I keep coming back to this, anybody who gets to go watch them in training camp, when they start playing their preseason games, watch the just sit there and keep your eyes right down the line of scrimmage and see if they are moving the opposition the right way or they're yep. getting pushed back. Because that will, honestly, I swear, as, as simplistic as that sounds, that yeah. is going to give you a good indication of how the season is going to go for them. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Now, you touched on Ben Roethlisberger. You touched on the quarterback. Obviously, three Heisman quarterbacks on the other three teams. Ben Roethlisberger yep. probably entering his last year in the league. Do you rank Ben Roethlisberger as a top 10 quarterback? Honestly, objectively speaking, as much as I, I love Ben and I respect him and enjoyed talking to him last year, I don't know if he's in that category anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be top 10 per se, whether whatever metric you want to use, whether that's QBR, completion, percentage above expectation, according right. to next gen, whatever it is you want to use. I don't know if you necessarily need to be that in order for them to get to where they want to get to. Because again, I think Pittsburgh needs to be a complimentary football team, not just the right. Ben Roethlisberger show anyway. Right. So I'm not too worried about that. What I, what I am worried about is him getting, taking too many hits, maybe getting that arm dinged up or a knee or an ankle or something like right. that where he can't utilize what he does have left at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what worries me about him. So no, I think there, there are some young guns in the NFL right now who just from a pure talent standpoint are better than Ben. And I think Ben would yep. tell you the same thing. Yeah. And the league is in good shape when it comes to that position. So um, he's not, I don't think he's there anymore, but again, in order for them to accomplish what they want to accomplish, he doesn't need to be. And that's what I'll say. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback anymore, but I do know he's a hall of fame quarterback and he oh, can no still, still make the right plays at the right time to get there this team know. to win football games. So that's no doubt about that. interested to see what the new talent this year to see if we can continue to do that. Sure. Um, speaking of another quarterback on the Steelers, I mean, Steeler Nation was excited about this interview on Twitter. They were asking me to ask you a specific question, uh, but you worked with the Redskins organization. You understand um, that team, yep. the Washington team itself. But yep. um, we would like to know what you think about Dwayne Haskins. Does he sure. have the potential to become an NFL starting quarterback? And just what are sure. your thoughts on him in general? Yeah, I was anticipating this and looking forward to this question. Look, awesome. I, <laughs> I, have, um, I have always been a huge backer and supporter of Dwayne. I think he could not have gone to a worse situation than what he did in Washington, both from structurally what was surrounding him and then philosophically what the push pull was in terms of them wanting him or not wanting him anyway. Right. And the battle between coaches, front office, coaches versus coaches, owner versus front, office, whatever the hell was going on there. It, it's just, we already know that in order to be successful at quarterback, you need to have a lot of things, most things, all things aligned in the same direction for you in order for you to uh, really hit your, you know, hit your maximum potential. And there, nothing was aligned for him, nothing. And that's not to take, now, that is not to absolve Dwayne of any of the responsibility as far as some of the decisions that he made in Washington mm -hmm. and the ways in which he did not maximize his own potential while he was there, because that's inexcusable too. Yeah. And he needs to make sure that that kind of those kinds of things never happen again, because if you can't get your crap together off the field mm -hmm. and make sure you're handling getting to the building on time, making sure that you're dialed in, learning the things you need, to, then nothing's going to it doesn't matter. Any, any everything else, they can set everything else up for you the way they the way you ideally want. It's not going to work anyway. Yeah. That being said, this kid can throw the football as well i think ben was the one who said it was was it during otas that he said yes i've never seen a guy throw the football like this yeah he may have yeah. as much pure arm throwing ability as anybody i've ever seen alex smith says the same thing who was with him in washington wow this guy is as talented throwing the football as anybody he said he had ever seen and now this is a guy who's been around patrick mahomes yeah yeah true so he has all that 
he has every he's at the right place now as far as being around Mike, being around Ben, mm-hmm. being around the Steeler way, the Steeler organization, you know, everything from front office on down, ownership on down. It's all there in order for in order to kind of like for for Dwayne to kind of just like submerge himself into all football all the time. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm taking care of stuff off the field. When I get there to the UPMC complex, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm learning from Ben. I'm listening to Mike. You know, I'm, I'm just doing what I need to do. Because when he, if he can do all those things, once he steps on the field and Matt Canada gives him the play call and he walks up to the line of scrimmage, there's nothing he can't do. Mm. Nothing as far as throwing that football. Make those decisions, throw the football accurate. So we'll see if he can get all the other stuff aligned. Because if he can, the talent is there. And I think, quite honestly, look, they may have – they could potentially well, – this, this is going to work out two ways for, for, for the Steelers and for Dwayne. Yeah. Either they got the steal of a lifetime in this quarterback, in Dwayne, or Dwayne's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. And the league will move right on like it always does. Yeah. Like a big, giant locomotive. It just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. They'll find the next guy. Yeah. And as, I, I know this as a player, and I know this as a front office guy. Yeah. As a, as a scout said to me a long, long time ago, and, had, and the scouts say all the time, my job is to replace you. Mm. If I can't replace you, I've done my job. Mm. That's how the league works. Wow. And Dwayne needs to understand that too, mm. but he's at the right place now. If he can't get it going here, he can't get it going. And I'm excited as hell for him. Mm. I stay in contact with him personally, text with him, all kinds oh, of Oh, great. Stuff. I'm rooting for the kid more than any. I'm his biggest pom-pom carrier and cheerleader. No nice. question. That's great. And we just heard some reports here and within the past 48 hours, we hear that he's coaches have been glowing his reviews from his work ethic, him um, understanding of the football game, uh, doing the extra work, going above and beyond. And these are things you never heard about in Washington. No, no. And you know what? And you know, when you're a young guy like that and you know that you're coming in kind of behind the eight ball a little bit where you know that there's certain factions of an organization that didn't want you and you and you hear it and you hear people yeah on our, on our networks talking about it like the head coach didn't even want this guy it was uh. the you know it was the owner who went how the hell do you think that makes you feel when you're 20 21 22 years old you're just like right here i am i'm realizing my childhood dream and the organization that drafted me didn't want me or there's wow. people here who are like against me mm. that, that's a hard thing i know when i was 20 21 22 that would put me in the tank yeah Again, that doesn't excuse us for the decisions that we make True. and having to, you know, deal with the consequences. Right. But of course, they put them behind the eight ball. And, you know, Mike's not having that. Kevin Colbert's not <laughs> having that. Mr. Rooney's not having that kind of crap. He's at the right place. And that's a perfect uh, point, too. I think Mike Tomlin is the perfect mentor sure. uh, and leader of men for him to be around and to, to thrive. And I, I hope the best for him as well. And sure. interesting to me that we've already seen. Now, this is something that's never happened as far as following the Steelers being a fanatic the way we are. Mm-hmm. The depth chart just came out. Mm-hmm. Usually the quarterback is always listed at, at the end. Yeah. He's currently listed at number three on the depth chart just joining ahead of Dobbs, who's been on the team for years. Yeah. Oh, so that speaks a lot to his character and how the Steelers are thinking that, hey, look, you're immediately con- going to be competing for backup, not competing for a job, not right. competing for a roster slot. So that means yeah. a lot. So that's a really yeah. interesting thing. Yeah, that, that is. And it's, you know, I, I, I think 
Look, I, I mean, Kevin Colbert's been around a long time. Right. I mean, I've heard him. I've heard some of the comments that he's made about how excited they are to see what Dwayne has at this point. They know they, they needed to get him straight off the field. Mm-hmm. And so he could really shine on the field. This guy, this guy's a top 15 pick. I mean, right. <laughs> right. I mean, he threw 50 <laughs> touchdowns at, at yes. Ohio State. All right. So it's not like, and people go, well, it's Ohio State. Well, oh, yeah, okay. well, I mean, Justin Fields tore it up too. And you know what? I don't think it's just because it's, you know, Ryan Day or, or right. you know, it was just because it was Urban Meyer when, when Dwayne was. These guys are good players. Yes. They're quality, quality guys. But the line between success or failure or success at a very high level and just being a mediocre player in the NFL is very thin mm-hmm. when you're talking about guys who are this talented. And most of the time it has to do with your decision making, not even when you are at the facility. It's mm-hmm. when you're away from there. Okay. And what are your thoughts, your habits, priorities as far as do I just want to be a quarterback in the NFL and be like, yeah, I have a nice car. I make a lot of money. Or do you want to be one of the greats? You're right. So that's the decision that Dwayne has to make. And again, he knows how much I love the kid, how much I love him and how much I'm supporting him. Mm. And look, I, when, when Nate, when Mike signed him and they went out there, look, I know Mike, I know Danny Smith, the special teams coach there is a great, great friend of mine. Oh, nice. I'm in Washington. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty connected with that place. And I, 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 um, I root for the Steelers anyway, even though I hated them as a kid, but I, (laughs) You know, but because I, I believe it or not, I was a cowboy fan. Man. No so, way! Wow! You know, See, you know, I, I you know, you know why? You know why? Here, here, I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> okay. I was a cowboy fan. Why? Yeah. Because I was a Dorsett fan. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. loved Dorsett. Yeah. When he won the Heisman, when he came out and out from Pitt and yep. was at 77, like I, I just followed Dorsett, so I automatically became a cowboy fan. And right. the Steelers, here's the funny: the Steelers were always kicking the Cowboys' ass, so I was always <laughs> mad at them. Like, yes. kidding me. They beat them all the time, but I love Dorset. Yeah. So you know what? I mean, that that's a funny story that I used to tell people when I went to it. They were like, "You didn't like the Steelers?" I was like, "That's because I like Dorset." So I, yeah, I kind of like the Steelers because I like Pittsburgh. So you know, anyway, I, I think you just gave me the best answer to anyone who told me why they are a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> yeah, no, no other answer, answer I've ever heard has ever been it's, it's, like, it's, oh, I can get behind that, but that, that's probably, the first one I could get behind. <laughs> probably, yeah, exactly. It's probably the only answer the Steeler Nation would be accepted, would accept, and not like want to kick me off of this Zoom, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we've we've now hit the point in the podcast where we take questions from Steeler Nation. We put up yeah. a a post on the football thread, which is a phenomenal football thread over at SteelerNation.com. And we ask forum members and open it up then to all of social media, uh, what they think or what they want to know. And Slash Steel, talking about your PA roots, he asked what, what your favorite team was growing up. We obviously know it's the Dallas Cowboys, but, yeah. he, al- but he also knows you're related to Tim Lewis. Yeah. So yeah. can you tell us about your relationship with Tim and his time in Pittsburgh and if you had any uh, interactions with him during that time? Yeah, look, Tim... Tim's mom and my mom are sisters. Uh, we grew up basically, you know, in South Eastern PA as neighbors. I yeah. saw Tim every day as a kid. Uh, he was the guy who ultimately I, I wanted to be like because, you know, we had four members of our family play professional football. Tim's brother Will played wow. professional football. My brother Rob was the ninth round pick of the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Uh, so I was going to pro football games and going to Tim's games at Pitt when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade. Oh, cool. He is, he lives in, in Atlanta now. He has a beautiful family down there. When he was, um, when I was playing for the Browns, he was, uh, he was, he was, I'm trying to think, was he still at Pitt coaching or he may have been an assistant for the Steelers at that time. And so we have always, yeah, he was, he was an assistant on Cowher staff. 
Uh, he coached some of the, I mean, Tim coached some of the great ones there at Pittsburgh. You know, he was a great defensive coordinator for the Steelers for a while there. Should have had a couple different head coaching jobs in the, in the National Football League. Right, yeah, he had some chances there, yeah. Absolutely. He's as smart as they come when it comes to football. He was one of the great corners in the NFL when he played for the Packers. Uh, he knows how much I love and respect him as a person, as an athlete, as someone who was a mentor to me and someone who's blood. So, I mean, what else can I say? I just saw him recently, you know, this summer at a, at a family function and um, he's a freaking stud. That's all I can say. Mm. Uh, over here on Twitter, CJ Lester asks, what do you think of Terrell Edmonds progression? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you're thinking, when you're talking about the safeties overall, I think Terrell needs to become that all around ball player, kind of like Minka can be, right? So you, if, yeah. you, if you could have two guys like that, Ooh. two guys who you can deploy in multiple different ways, yeah. as far as whether they play split safety, single safety, down in the box, blitzing, covering backs, covering tight ends, mm -hmm. better. Okay, so that that's what you want from him. I think his deep field play is the is the area that you would want to have be the same or rather be on par with a guy like Minka. So you can kind of like interchange those two. Yeah. He's probably a guy who obviously is maybe a little bit better the closer you have him to the line of scrimmage, second level or down on the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. But um, look, I, I think there's obviously room for him to improve his game and room to, for him to take his game to the next level. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Colton Gesser wants to know off of Twitter, would you have done anything different this year with the Steelers draft if you were in control? Yeah, I, I just think – yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm one of those those people who believe you should kind of build it front to back, inside out. So I probably would have been trying to invest even more resources right away, you know, on the offensive line and making sure that I took care of it that way. I don't – look, as much as I like Najee, again, I don't know if I would have taken him in the first round. But, look, I'm not going to question Kevin Colbert. He's built a lot of great football teams. Mike knows exactly what he wants. So – I, I get it. I, I get the fact that, you know, as to why they took him, they thought they needed more explosiveness, more size, more speed, more power in the running back room. Right. But I probably would have been looking to see if I could have made myself even better along the offensive line and gotten someone who I thought represented good value either there or trading down and, and picking up someone who could really help out that, that area of the team. But um and then again, I told you, I have, there, I have my reservations about, about Friermuth and we'll see what happens there, you know, and how he develops and what he's able to ultimately give them. But, um, Hey, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not here. We do enough, you know, nitpicking on football right. it's time now to just see how they put them all together. And that's, it relates to Steeler fan four, four, eight's question. If you were the GM of the Steelers, would you have changed the off season approach? Yeah. I, you know, I guess, I guess, again, I think philosophically, I think my, all of my attention would have been on, look, how do we get our, get ourselves going from a physicality standpoint on the right. offensive line? Yeah. But, you know, they feel as though maybe some of the guys that they have will be better in 2021, number one overall. And we'll yeah. see, and we'll see if that winds up happening. And I think, you know, without sitting here and going find trying to find more creative ways to kind of say the same right. thing. I yeah. think it's just, it's just going to start there. We're, we're going to see if Mike can get these guys coached up and whether or not as a, you know, as a group of five, they can be better than they were last year, reset the line of scrimmage, provide some running lanes, 
So where again, they can be much more multiple than they were last year, which we know they became a one dimensional football team. And it just, it just kind of like uh, stalled their season out. Yeah. Now, John also wants to know, do you think Mason Rudolph could become a starter in the NFL one day? Um, I, I think, I think Mason's upside is exactly where it's at right now, as far as being a guy who, you know, I think in, in scouting, one of the defi- the definition of a backup when we used to write it in our scouting yeah. uh, notebooks was a guy who could fill in three to four games for the starter, hold the fourth down, not necessarily yep. win games for you, but hopefully not lose them until the starter gets back. Yeah. That's what a backup is. Mm-hmm. That's what Mason is. Perfect. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great stories about backup quarterbacks who have gone on to make millions of dollars for years. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to disparage Mason Rudolph. I just think we've seen what we've seen of him and, you know, Pittsburgh's long-term answer at the quarterback position outside of Ben. I don't think it involves him. We'll see what happens with Dwayne or we'll see if, you know, down the road, it's someone else that they wind up having to get in position to draft. Now, Ruger Perk has an interesting question. I mean, I know you mentioned earlier you think Highsmith is going to be a, a breakout player here on defense. Mm-hmm. Do you have a breakout player for offense for the Steelers this season? Um, look, Deontay's already broken out. Chase is already broken out. I, uh, but I can see Deontay as taking that next level. Yeah, like I said, no, that, that okay, root running is insane. You know, him get off on the line of scrimmage and not being – his separation is just phenomenal. Yeah, I think – okay, well, I think if we want to – in, in that vein, then, look, I think Deontay is who he is. Minus, he needs to make sure that just from a, from a mental standpoint, you know, he right. doesn't have these issues with dropping the football. But yeah. like, I think he's already established that I'm one of those guys who will absolutely break your ankles at the line of scrimmage. And right. the inside out is a problem. <laughs> yeah. so he's already established that. I think from a breakout, from a true breakout perspective, I think Chase is probably then the guy that you really want to look at mm. Claypool and see – now let's just see what this young man does now for 17 weeks where he's just getting after it. And can he be a, can, can Chase Claypool be a 14, 1500 yard receiver? Mm. Can he be yeah. a wow. 80, 90 catch? Cause look at, I mean, yeah. he, he's built like, he's built like Mike Evans. He's built like <laughs> huge. No, I'm not going to say he's built like Megatron, but uh, that's why we call him Mapletron instead of Megatron. Over you know what though? You know, when I saw, when I saw Chase down at the senior bowl yeah, and, and they had some huge wide receivers. I mean, he was on, I think he was on the same roster as uh, Gandy Golden, Denzel Mims. There were some huge guys down there that year. And I remember when seeing when Chase lined up, I was like, Oh my God. And I was right down on the field next to him. Yeah. And there were people going, oh, he needs to go to tight end. He's not a good enough route runner. I'm going, get the hell out of here. This guy, I mean, do you see this guy? He's a freak. Yeah. He could yeah. be the guy who's like the next great, like the kind of guy who we look at. And when they come out on the football field, I feel the same way as when I saw Megatron walk out of the football field from the football field in Detroit. When I yeah. saw Brandon Marshall from the Broncos, mm. I just looked at it. I was like, these guys are wide receivers and they're that big and physical and fast and athletic. He could be the next. Awesome. I'll go with him. Awesome. Data master over on YouTube wants to know how much will we really learn from a hall of fame game or a preseason game? Not, I mean, you're, you're going to learn about the, I don't want to say, I hate to use this term back half of the roster, but that's what we're going to learn. We're going to learn about some of the young guys. It's a fact finding mission for the coaching staff yeah. and for the scouting department to see how, what the depth of the football team looks like. Heck, a lot of your frontline players probably aren't even going to suit up. I mean, they'll suit up 
they'll have their jerseys on and they'll have a bunch of sunflower seeds in their mouth. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. What they're gonna be doing. You don't want to risk them at that point. But I think from a mentality standpoint, again, right. We started off this, this whole session talking about the physicality of the offensive line. Right. I think that's what you're going to see right off the bat. Mm-hmm. This one, a play calling selection, personnel grouping selection on the offensive side. This is who Pittsburgh is going to want to be this year. Look, if, if Mr. Nice. Rooney says it, I'm sure Mike's paying attention, and so is Matt Canada. Right. If he said, "I want to be. They will. I want my football team to be more physical." That's what they're going to be. So I think that's what we'll learn. Nice. And no Steeler Nation, I'm not going to be uh, fielding any questions about Aaron Rodgers and the Steelers taking him because <laughs> that is a pipe dream. Uh, we both know it. <laughs> we, know, we know your your personal takes on Aaron. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw some pictures of his private plane touching down in Green Bay last night. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> so I think he's, I think he's already up there, probably already getting his helmet fitted and stuff. So Perfect, perfect. So last question for you from Cope over at SteelerNation.com. You've been a scout and director of pro personnel for Washington and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. If there was any front office or coaching job, <laughs> is there any front office or coaching job that would make you want to leave broadcasting? Oh, man. You know, this is always a funny question. Uh, <laughs> let, let, me, let me answer it this way. Okay. I'm at, I'm at the very pinnacle of broadcasting doing money right. in football right? right that's i have a great job yeah great money i have a lot of flexibility with my family and all i'm not yes. i'm i'm as content as can be and have a lot more goals i want to reach uh-huh. that being said that being said uh-huh. there are legacy franchises in the nfl that if they came calling of course you'd be like yeah i'm there I'm, i want to talk to you yeah steelers yeah giants mm-hmm. raiders Mm-hmm. Those are the three teams that come to my mind right off the bat. Nice. And those are the things I talk to my family about all the time. Steelers, mm-hmm. Giants, Raiders. They'll be like, hey, would you like to help me? Like, when? <laughs> when would you like to talk? <laughs> when, when would you like to talk? And, and that's just being honest. You know? yeah. and, but um, look, ESPN has been great. Um, Money Night Football is, is the very best. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to kick ass this year because yeah. fans are going to be back. Right. You know, it's, there's just right. so much excitement. It's our second year in the booth together. And um, like, I love it, man. I, I really do love talking to the coaches, the players this year, we'll get yeah. to go practice, be down on the field before games. Nice. And it doesn't yeah, get, get, get kind of back to normal a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man. It, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. So would you say then that general manager would be your dream job for one of those three franchises? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I'm not because I don't know if you wanted to go on the coaching end at all, or if you're no, you know, what? in the front office. Yeah, it's funny, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, way back in 2002, I think it was mm-hmm. when he was in Washington, right before he went to Cincinnati. So I guess he went to Cincinnati in 2003. He was only with us one year in Washington, I believe. Yeah, I, I remember saying to him before he left, he was he was like, I was like Marvin, you know, I'm kind of like thinking, you know, maybe I should leave here and get in the coach. And he said, No. <laughs> Stay in front office. It's too temporary on the coaching side, although he was at my, you know, Cincinnati for years and years. And years. Right. Yeah. And we see GMs are getting cycled just like coaches now. Yeah. You know, I, I've always, honestly, I think I would have been a pretty damn good coach because yeah. I'm pretty cerebral and I yes. see the game big picture. Yeah. But um, I mean, that, that, that ship sailed 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for me, it would only be to run a team Right. Uh, pick a coach, help build a roster, all that stuff. Other right. than that, I'm good. Steeler Nation, you have to follow this man, Lewis Riddick. 
one of the smartest minds in all of football. Be sure to check him out on social media, Instagram at lewis.riddick, at L-O-U-I-S dot R-I-D-D-I-C-K. Twitter at L-Riddick E-S-P-N. That is L-R-I-D-D-I-C-K E-S-P-N. Lewis, thank you so much for sharing your time with Steeler Nation today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. See you guys this fall. Awesome. See you soon. Okay. (laughs) And Steeler Nation, be sure, come on over to SteelerNation.com. You can get some great Great gear, great t-shirts at SteelerNation.com apparel page. We have any size and colors and such great stuff up there. So go ahead and check that out. Get some t-shirts. Get ready to get geared up here for training camp because it's hot out there. You can't wear the jerseys. So get our great, great t-shirts coming over here at SteelerNation.com. We also are the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Check out the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews. Check out the Yins Hers podcast. Just... Um, had Pat Fryermuth on not long ago, doing uh, Mrs. Tomlin here soon. And the best football discussion on the interweb over at the for- football forum. So come and join that. It's free to join. You can ask questions and you get highlighted to ask any question for any interviewed person. If you're over at the football forum for SteelerNation.com. Check out our and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch these vidcasts and watch them as much as you like. Or, or check them out if you miss a podcast over at YouTube dot com slash Steeler Nation. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at Steeler Nation com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. And you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at SN Striker. Striker spelled with a Y. Thanks again for joining us. Steeler podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host G Striker with Lewis Riddick rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!